Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bucks of America podcast. On this episode, I bring on Jake and Caden here. Now, these two gentlemen were introduced to me by Chris Ham from HHA, and we're going to be discussing about HHA USA. We're going to be talking about different topics of hunting and such and so forth. Um, I'm your host, Jeff Vance. I'm really excited about this podcast because I'm bringing in these two young minds, the two young gentlemen new to the industry, making the right moves focusing on what matters to them earlier on and learning lessons rather rapidly here. Jake here is a part of Adventures and he's actually what I originally brought on here because Chris told me about the gentleman and it's like he thinks it would be a good idea because what uh, he's doing with Adventures is quite extraordinary. And I've looked at the website, man, it's like, I want to plan a party around these guys because it looks like legit fun. Yeah. So... Takedown Adventures is really that. I mean, it's all about having fun and uh, getting people outside and getting corporate America kind of acquainted with the outdoors and outdoor activities and whatnot. So what Takedown Adventures does is we'll go across the country, um, different companies, different outings, um, different groups will hire us and we'll come out and we'll put an event on for you and teach Mm -hmm. you how to shoot bows, crossbows, spears, uh, tomahawks. It's really a lot of fun. It's I think the the best part of it all is you know you get there and all these people they've never they've never shot a crossbow they've never thrown a tomahawk or anything before and they don't really give it a chance and uh, by the end of it they're just in love with it and we actually just had a guy a couple weeks ago he messaged us and he's like just because of the event that you guys put on for us I went out and bought a ten point crossbow oh that's fantastic news yeah so it's it's awesome just empowering people to get outside and get in the outdoors and uh, enjoy all these activities that we're putting on. That's fantastic. So what, so who is the brainchild behind this Adventures? Uh, his name is Jason Amato. Uh, you can check him out on takedownadventures.com. It's where we're kind of, we just actually launched our new website last week. Oh, no kidding. Because I looked at it uh, two weeks ago, so I'm going to have to deep dive back into it because the, the initial impression that I received when I looked at it, it's like, this is really cool. And this really brings all those people that, not, that have never been able to experience it. It brings the town folks into the country real quick. Yeah, yeah, you bet. And this is kind of an idea that Jason and his partner, uh, Jerry Milos, came up with a couple of years ago. And they just kind of realized that, um, you know, there was a dying need in America for people to get back outside and get in the outdoors and just, you know, enjoy the, you know, shooting sports and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, it's just... I mean, it's it's. I'm happy to be a part of it, and it's it's really a great organization. So now, what do you do? Because you told me Chris introduced you to him. What is your role in this? Um, so right now, I'm I'm a student at UW Lacrosse. Okay. Um, and I go. I'm going to school for marketing, and so I'm doing all of our marketing and social media, basically anything digital online. Okay. I'm handling all that right now. So uh-huh. Our LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram pages. And right now we're also in the process of starting up YouTube, filming all of our uh, events, and then we'll put out all events on YouTube and kind of have our own little channel and then eventually develop those into shows. So That's awesome, man. That's pretty cool. Then, So then how many events have, well, uh, we had the C word going on right now. I'm, I'm kind of stealing that from Chris. So, how, so how, now when did you start with? 
the company? So I started with Takedown Adventures back in February, February okay. of this year, 2020. Um, so this is my first year with Takedown. And uh, we just actually, we had our first event in southern Wisconsin the first week of June. Okay. Down in Milford Hills. All right. Um, and then actually now we moved down to, we had an event or four events down in Texas mm-hmm. um, a couple weeks ago. And then also from there we went down to Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Oh, wow. So it's actually like, even with the C word going on, people are like, yeah, let's get the, after it. Yeah. And the thing that's awesome with Takedown is, you know, all of our events seaward friendly you know COVID friendly we have i mean it's it's outside so that's that's a great place to start and then also with that um all of our stations are all you know six feet apart mm-hmm. um we keep hand sanitizer all wipes everything just in case anyone wants we offer masks but i mean it's really just a great opportunity to get back outside i mean you know our, our new hashtag right now is getting america back outside because for so long america is like sitting it. inside mm-hmm. and uh especially with covid and whatnot it's just it's great to get people back outside and excited again and they're with their peers finally you know they've been working from home and uh it's just it's great to see it's it's awesome to be a part of that's good i'm, I'm glad that you you've, you've found a, a liking to everything so with the with the schedule you have right you're and with lack of schooling right now you're able to go on and do all this fun stuff so uh do you have any like awesome memories that you can share with us that you've already that you've experienced you know, my experience is really short-lived so far, but it's, I mean, it's been nothing but fun. Uh, I work with a group of guides, is what we call call ourselves, and Jason calls us. Okay. So each event, we have um, a group of, I would say, anywhere from four to ten experienced guides, all of us that have experience in uh, some sort of the outdoors. Okay. Whether that be shooting sports, um, archery, or just, you know, we just love hunting and fishing. Mm-hmm. We love being outside. Okay. You know, and the great thing about all the guides is, I mean, everyone comes from a comes from a different background. Uh, one of our guides is a game warden. Another guide is a uh, financial advisor. Another guy runs a construction company. So it's not like it's just you know one group of guys that it's like you have to be this big burly guy that you know goes out and blows stuff up. It's <laughs> you know it's, yeah. It's all of us. You know we kind of you know we just it represents us you know as hunters and people in the outdoors that just love being outside. Okay, that makes perfect sense to me. And then uh, what I was getting to about like the, your favorite experience, like the, is there is there a customer that sticks out in your mind that just absolutely had a blast? Yeah. So actually, we were down in it was our last day um, in Alabama a couple weeks ago, and I was working at the uh, at the archery station with the Genesis bows and the HHA sights. Okay. And uh, this gentleman, he was probably I would say in his sixties. He had mm-hmm. never shot a bow before. And he draws back the bow the first time, and he completely misses the target. Okay. And I, I was like, well, something kind of seems off, you know, like that. That usually doesn't happen. And here he had his, he had his opposite eye closed, and I'm like, oh, you're, you must be a lefty. You're not, a, you're not a righty. Okay. So then I kind of walked him through how to properly, properly line up the kisser button, and you know, your nose to the string, and just you know, line up the, line up the sight right through the, uh, uh, right through the sight, and. The very next three shots, perfect shots, bullseyes. No kidding. Yeah, and it and it just continued the next three rounds. I mean, he, he had a perfect score the rest of the day. So it's like, it's just awesome to be around people that have, you know, never experienced this uh-huh. before. And then it's, you know, they're so empowered to, you know, do it again. You know, our, our th- we call it our three E's at takedown. Educate, first we'll educate you. Second, empower, we'll empower you. Mm-hmm. 
and then uh, excite, educate, excite, empower. So that's something that we really take pride in, uh, take down, and I think that's living proof every single day we host an event. I think that's a fantastic model right there because it really does throw, show through. Like my background has been, like I was explaining to you guys earlier, I had 25 years of paintball in my background. So it's like I can motivate anybody because paintball is so much fun. And, but it's like now I've transferred that excitement into, into uh, archery. And I've right. developed a, like a nice little, a simple knowledge of how to like do some small pointers. Like I wouldn't be able to take somebody and turn them into a champion, but at least it's like, hey, you're tucking your elbow, watch your feet stance, like basic stuff like that. Because I actually had really good teachers. Right. And so that kind of that allows me to move forward. So, and you, when you do an event, you, you do the archery, correct? Right. So it's, I mean, I bounce around. All of us do. Um, we have archery, crossbows, okay, tomahawks, spears, aerial archery, which aerial archery is really cool. Um, you actually take a recurve bow All right. with a flu-flu arrow, and we have, a, we have like a, I'd say a disc launcher. We launch a disc in the air, and you shoot it out of the air with a, with a bow, with a recurve bow. All right. So it's like shooting clays, but with a bow. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a lot of really cool stuff. And then we usually, with our ultimate adventures, we start off with shotguns in the morning. Sporting really? Plays. No yeah. shit. Yeah. So we'll teach people how to shoot, you know, shoot guns and then kind of take them into the good stuff in the afternoon with the, you know, bows, crossbows, tomahawk spears, all that stuff. So, so now this event is essentially all day. Is that what I'm gathering? Yeah. So we usually start about nine o'clock in the morning with okay. um, shooting with uh, shotguns and whatnot. We'll usually host at a club. And these are for our ultimate adventures. We have different types of events. Okay. We don't always have to have shotguns. But for our ultimate adventures where we, we'll do it at a, at a club, we'll start with shotguns. And that starts at about 9 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Come in. We'll have a great, great lunch. It's either catered in or we'll have our own personal chef, wild game chef. Nice. Yeah. He'll come That's in. fucking legit, man. It's like yeah. being able to have a wild game, especially yeah. you have the probably several people have never tasted any wild game right yeah exactly and so that that's always an option and we'll do that around 11 to noon okay and then we'll wrap up the afternoon with uh, our clients can pick four stations for our ultimate adventures so they'll pick either uh you know it's usually the most common i would say is usually compounds crossbows aerial archery and then either tomahawks or spears okay and then we'll usually wrap up about three o'clock three thirty so mm-hmm. I'd say it's about a six-hour day. That's still a lot of intensity going through. But then again, how many people ten- attend these events when, they- when they're put on? So I would say it's usually, it depends on, um, I would say in the range of 20 to 50 people, depending on the depending on the group. Okay, that's good. Then it makes sense to yeah. take about six hours to do it. Right. So it doesn't always have to be a corporation or anything like that. We do picnics, mm-hmm. um, group outings. So, I mean, really, really anything, if you're looking for an event, I mean, takedown is definitely the way to go. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah, man. Because it's like, gets everybody excited. And the best part, like, when, it, when it's exciting, when it gets your blood pumping, everybody remembers it. Right. That's the best part about it. Like, when, um, for just a, a tidbit for myself, like, when we did my bachelor party, my our original plan was to go out and do archery, go out to uh, bowfish. Well, we got ended up getting rain, so like son of a gun. So we had to, we had to rethink our process. So we went to the in town that they actually had an axe throwing place. So we did that. And man, that was legit. That was so much. I got real competitive real fast just because like I don't like if it's something physical and I can control and I can know what I'm doing and I can win. Oh yeah, I we I only lost once. Right. <laughs> That's kind of like our our tomahawk station. Our tomahawk. A lot of people they recognize it's like axes and you know they're tomahawks because. We throw with we throw with one hand 
over the top. Okay. So it's a little bit safer than axe throwing, and it's it's a nice way to ease people into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess kind of going off what we were talking about before, you know, Jason always says it's something that everyone can do. You know, you show up, you've never shot a bow or a crossbow or, a, you know, a shotgun. You know, we can teach you how to do it in a matter of a couple minutes and get you real comfortable with it. You know, we teach you the safety behind it. Mm-hmm. And we teach you just how to have fun and enjoy it, so... That's awesome. That's the best way to do it. And now, do you have a limitation for age range for for an event? Uh, no, actually. I mean, for the most part, it depends on the event. Uh, you know, our ultimates are usually bigger, you know, uh, corporate corporations. Oh, so usually more, more of an adult-themed uh, uh, right, uh, event. But, right, but we also have, uh, you know, we have other adventures that we offer, um, like picnics and whatnot. So okay. it's, it's really for any ages. Um, we just had one. I believe it was last summer where we had you know a couple different kids that were you know probably around the age of 10 so i mean it's really i mean all the way up to you know 70 mm-hmm. so i mean it's it's really for any age and i mean you don't you don't have to be you know acquainted with the outdoors you don't have to have ever shot a crossbow or a gun or anything i mean it's just a good way to you know learn something new and and you know have a good time with your friends that's a valid point that's a good point right there speaking of friends Caden, how did you come come across this uh, hooligan here so it goes all the way back to what five six we were actually his dad his dad lived two houses down from me and he used to we're in town and Uh they had four wheelers and they'd race them around the backyard (laughs) and i was always so jealous so i'd sit there and watch them and uh then uh, we ended up being on the same baseball team in like first or second grade and never saw each other again until i moved and then we're in the same class fifth grade and just kind of been acquaintances and over the last since we were probably what sophomores sophomore juniors yeah about juniors in high school we became really close really really close and then uh it's just been getting better and better and i uh ended up i moved to school just for him i moved to lacrosse just for him and if, that. Oh, is that cute? We've, you got uh, snuggle buddies that. too. That's right. So uh, <laughs> developed an awesome friendship and uh, hunt a lot together, and this has now led to uh, well, this new adventure in our life. So yeah, that's awesome because because you guys got done working on a 250 acre parcel here down in uh, southern southern Wisconsin. We're not going to tell you where, guys. So don't 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 don't. don't Secret. Get There's that. not a lot of big deer down there. I promise. None, yeah. not at all. Uh, but uh, so then now, how did this? project or this plot this product or property coming to your guys's uh fingers here so my two roommates my first semester in lacrosse were both from milwaukee very much city slickers and i come in this big hick who hunts and like uh-huh. that's all i interested in and uh talking with my roommate he tells me his grandpa has this farm and he's a doctor lives in milwaukee nobody really does anything with it they just lease the cropland out to a farmer it's just sitting there and he just brought it up. He's like, I could see if you guys could hunt there. I'd be, well, that'd be awesome. Yeah, like, that's right? a dream come true. It's okay. It's huge. This giant farm, good spot, not that far from school. So he talks to his parents, and they were all on board, and get the phone call. And next thing you know, we're hopping in a 250 acre farm in the middle of October, which is a terrible time to learn a new piece of property. Yes, it <laughs> is. It's awful, and uh, kind of just went from there. And then Caden's first night out. I uh, I decided to let Caden hunt that night, and I uh, I was filming Caden, and we were sitting in the tree, and we didn't really know, you know, kind of what this property was going to be like. It was more of a recon mission sitting on a field than it was anything else. Right. I mean, we just sat over a big field and thought maybe we'd see some deer come out a couple hundred yards away, and 
I mean, the deer just filed out one after another, and we're like, we cannot believe this. You know, they're all does. Okay. And uh, all of a sudden, I I seen a small buck come out, and I kind of tapped Caden on the shoulder, and I'm like, I think there might be something behind him. He no more gets that out of his mouth, and I just see horns running through the woods. Oh, like, no kidding. Big deer. I pulled back. I didn't even see what it was. I just knew it was big, and right out 35 yards, waited for him to make the stop once he was on him with the camera. And I... I wasn't on him with the camera. <laughs> okay. He I missed. Mean, we never got a glimpse of him through the camera. But you did, did you, did you actually shoot him? You get him? Well, he, he went, you know, that mat to kind of get him to stop. And yeah. as soon as he did that, spun on a dime back in the woods. But I mean, all of a 130 I mean, a inch gr- 10 pointer. It was a great way Huge. to start. I mean, it was the only action for the entire year. <laughs> first night, by the way, that was it. <laughs> but you can definitely tell that he's been around a few farms then because it's like, he must've understood like, nope, that's, that's not, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, they're definitely smart. I mean, oh. you give them, give them credit for that. They kicked our butts, like, was, hard. You know, we, we had some deer on camera. We thought we had everything figured out, and I saw one nice deer the rest of the year on November 1st. And Otherwise, from there on out, it was it was pretty slow. But, I mean, we're kind of putting all of our eggs in one basket this year, and we're trying to see if we can put a couple food plots together and see if that pans out for us. This year. I got gotcha. you. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, what I recommend doing is here in La Crosse we have uh, big tr- – Jeff's gonna he's gonna he's gonna give me shit for this it's it's uh, uh big racks trophy white tail I can't remember the other half of it but he's gonna give me shit for it but it's he <laughs> Jeff Helmers he runs a uh, a camp he runs like a weekend camp here over here in Holman and he and he can teach you how to uh, groom a piece of property and I'll show you pictures I mean this guy is no fucking joke I mean he's got like his daughter and him have shot multiple BNC's 150 180 190 I don't know if they have a 200 class he keeps that underneath the roads but he knows his shit he's been, he's been doing it since 91 if not longer than that and it's like you can bring him a topographic map and he'll tell you how to do it like he he knows his he's got a 40 acre land and he knows his deer so well that him and his daughter or pick out dates that they're gonna they know what day they're these bucks are gonna be crossing there set maybe one or two times a year that's it i think chris was actually telling us about uh this gentleman a couple weeks yeah, ago at one yeah. of the shoots I, this i really want to meet him oh yeah yeah i want to meet him it's i think that would definitely help our situation out a lot <laughs> he is i mean he definitely well when it comes out to that it's like it's not gonna be free of course but it's like he right, will be right. able to get you in the right direction yeah and and he can help and he can help you reestablish the habitat and stuff like that and make go there and go through his class and such and he, he's just a wealth of knowledge and when you meet the gentleman he will bring you in and you will just shut up and he'll talk for like 16 hours and all you do is listen because the knowledge he delivers is so valuable that you cannot pass it up and it's like I got it's like my wife knows his daughter and that's and I just went through that it's like hey you want to do a podcast and it's like and it's like but this this gentleman is so busy it's like it's not easy to be able to squeeze out he told me if we're gonna do a podcast we're gonna go out to my cabin because the only way nobody's gonna bother me (laughs) (laughs) so i'm really looking forward to the event but it's like the adventure but it's like since you're we're we're coming in the middle of july i think this would be a valuable person to to reach out to really maximize his property so this way you can spend less time doing i mean granted you're gonna have to put some money up front to sit down and talk with him but i tell you what though it's gonna save you hundreds of money hours of times exactly that's where it comes down and it's like you, you you go on my facebook page he's posted on my facebook page and you'd see his just wall of world-class bucks 
it's just fantastic. I mean, wow. he just he's got this down to a science. But I think 250 acres, like, and he is philosophy is like I've kind of d- adapted myself it's like he's done the whole out west hunting thing yeah. like hunting five or six different states he said the best thing I ever did was just buy 40 acres of land and just cultivate it and groom it and 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 he's successful to this day so it's like it's like because you can hunt whitetails in every state but it's like if you put the time into a small piece of parcel of land you can produce some monster bucks. Oh, that's for sure. And it's like, but if I'm a meat person. It's like if somebody invited me out to the property, I will shoot whatever you, like, <laughs> you tell me it's like you can't shoot him, 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 him. It's like, all right, fine, everything else. Like, I don't need to shoot a big buck. I just want the meat. Right. Like, um, if you look behind me here. Your, your big neck buck. Yes. That's a nice deer. That's, that's. So this big old buck right here, it's like if you look at that neck, I mean, this is just massive. Yeah, and it's, it's like huge. he had to spend some time with his cape to make sure it was all right. But uh, yeah, look at him. He's just he's just an ugly buck. He's I call him Captain Hook. Now, sorry, Ryan Ryan Nordahl. He's he, he was a podcast I released yesterday. He's got a buck named Captain Hook too. But this is I shot him before I met him. But look, that's pretty cool. Hook that that's awesome. G one. Yeah, yeah. It's like and it's and then look at it. It's like it's just four on one side, three on the other. Well, and that that's blade cool. that he's got coming off the back of that main beam. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's a very dis- it's a very distinct buck. And the guy that uh, did my um, a taxidermy is based out of northern Iowa, and he's done everything on his son. He's done tigers. He's done giraffes. It's like, and his and he loves doing fish too. So I recommend anybody uh, that's going to use him at Cedar Valley uh, taxidermy in, in northern Iowa. It's like check him out. It's like you got it's like, you, you can't go wrong with this thing. Oh. And uh, yeah, but yeah, th- th- this was a fantastic. No, that's awesome, man. Congrats. Yeah, that's a nice deer. Thank you. And it's like the funny thing is this would have been my wife's deer, but she got cold and she left. Because uh-huh. I was actually uh, – because she was setting 20, 25, 26 yards from where he walked out. Because, like, my tree stand where she was setting at was parallel with each other. And so we kind of had everything all mapped out for ISO like we were talking about earlier tonight. And – the funny thing is, because like I was actually thirty yards back, because I was I was sitting in a on a trail where they come in and out and feed and stuff like that, and so I was hoping that I would catch somebody something walking out and eating out in the field. So this way, if I shot, it, it's going to take off out in the middle of the field, and I could be able to take my take the truck or the car and drive out there, go pull and, and pick it up. And that didn't that that didn't, wasn't the case. So it's like she was she was like, hey, I'm getting cold, I'm gonna go to the car. It's like all right, well I'm gonna move to a different spot. And I'm I'm setting this is like three forty five four o'clock. So I'm I'm only looking at maybe. Uh, I say about an hour, hour ten. I'm actually, like confident shooting light, and he shows up, and it took. An, and I watched him walk out to the field, and it's like, and I, and I, I grunted him out, and it's like, and then all of a sudden I grunt back, and he comes back down. And this took this took forty five minutes to shoot him, so it's like oh, wow. it was not a, a short process. And he comes back down, comes back in the ravine, crosses underneath the property, so it's like uh, from the neighbors to to his, and then it's like he he walked behind a branch, so then I, I grunted real quick, and it's like to at least keep his attention because like this is the first time calling in a, a shooter buck, or should say a legal buck. I mean, and so right. and. I managed to get him to come on out, and I, I was waiting for him because he kept because he kept him going up and down because like he, he he sensed something, but I needed to get him to be distracted completely. And when I started seeing him, watching him eat, it took me. And I sighted him three times before I could actually draw back. So I'm sitting on my H H C slider, going back and forth, back and forth, going <laughs> 35, 30, 26, going back and forth. And I finally got him at twenty six, put him just over that double lung, and it's like boom, dead. That's awesome with a bow too. Oh yes, oh yeah. Awesome. And so it's like yeah, now it's. Like 
like I got the new, uh, I was shooting the HHA optimizer, and now I got the Tetra. Oh, dude, I'm looking forward to it. It's I was talking. Site. Such a nice site. Is that what you guys rock right now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. We're shooting the Tetra, and it's it's an amazing site. I, I didn't I didn't realize how much of a difference a site can make. I shot a Trophy Ridge single pin. Okay. Thought it was okay, but yeah, it wasn't great. Chris hooked me up, got a Tetra, put that on there. My groupings so much tighter. Oh yeah, right. Especially at forty yards or longer distances, yeah. it's like this is nine days. It's difference. amazing. I can't believe it. And the, I, I bought my first HHA from Coyote Creek, and it's like that's where I bought my 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 first two bow, my only two bows that I bought. I bought a Hoyt, and then it's like then I had sturdy issues with my elbow, so I switched to an Impulse, and I got the Impulse thirty one. And I can I was looking at different sites. I wanted to upgrade from a three pin to a single pin, and it's like and I, I was asking Randy, the manager there, and it's like, hey, what do you recommend? And it's like, and I was like, I'm pretty big. And customer service so it's like uh, that episode with uh, Ryan Nordahl we talk about customer service and how valuable it is and he says he, he laid out an example that happened just that uh, earlier that, that, that previous fall about a guy site being damaged in matter two days he had a new site ready for him to pick up it's like alright sold <laughs> paid him paid him like, like the, the I think it was like 260 bucks or whatever it was at the time yeah. and there you go now it's like I, I got the new one it's like instead of going from like a two inch housing down to an inch and in five, five eighths, eighths. Yep. Five eighths yeah. yeah it's like, it's, it's like I'm, I'm liking it it's, it's like awesome. I haven't I just picked it up today from Kyrie, from not Kyrie, but I picked it up from Lacrosse Archery here in town yeah. and now it's like I had no idea like how busy it really gets in this town Town oh, yeah. for what it comes down to and it's like I have to give my hats off to Anthony Anthony Schmidt and his team get your bows in there now because we're, we're literally two months out from opening day yeah. and you got to get your bows in there anywhere any shop out there in the nation but I mean I, they're, they're a great yeah, shop too. big, I mean, they're big shout out to them we'll be I mean we're you know we're two hours away from here so I mean we're going to take the trip over next week and drop our bows off by them and Kind of get it tuned up before the season Strings starts. and cables and get everything dialed in. Then yeah. give yourselves at least four or five days because it's like, oh, it's, yeah. it's 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 going to be, it's a busy track. I got, I got, I got lucky. I dropped off on Wednesday and I got it back this, this afternoon before I, before you that's guys a, came that's over. That's a good turnaround time. That's pretty good. Oh, yes. Like August, it's... Good we're luck. still in July. We're still in I know, July. <laughs> but don't wait until August because yes. it's going to get busy. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I'm rocking uh, Schmitty Strings right now on mine. Dude, it's like it's so a nine-day different. And like and working with Anthony, he got my uh, draw length t- uh, 28 and three quarters spot on. It's like I feel so much more confident, so much more comfortable. And it's like because I use an Elite and you have to give this this weird freaking adapter and it's like really elite it's like really dude make and it so, easy. And, but he figured it out he, we, he uses magic and boom he got it working and it's like I, I, my hat's off to Anthony man he is a wizard he is a nerd when it comes down to him. and that's a, that's a compliment in, the, in our world because oh, like sure. it nerd doesn't it hasn't the same incantations like they did back in the 80s right oh I mean everything he does and everything they do there is just done to perfection you know I spent mm-hmm. a lot of time there um, that's right because you shoot for the team yeah, yeah. Yeah, for the UW lacrosse team. So I spent a lot of time in lacrosse archery and working with the guys there. And, yeah. I mean, they're all top-notch. Uh, yeah. they it's not just doing. Anthony. It's everybody. Yes. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a collective team effort, and it's you know, led by Anthony. So I, you know, I highly recommend going there to anyone that's looking to get set up with a bow or you know, a site, whatever. I mean, that's that's the place to be. Oh, yes. And the nice thing is he only deals with high-end boats. It's, right. it's either Mission, uh, Matthews, Hoyt, and Botech. Uh, Botech. Botech. Yeah. And so it's like either either way, you're going to be walking out with something confident to get you to But if you're going to buy one, you got to buy one tomorrow because it's like you need to get your reps in. You know, it's like I, I, I feel that you, you know, a hunter can be confident to take an animal at, at 500 arrows. And then, but it's like you hit 1,000 arrows, maybe 
man, you're rock and rolling. Because when I first got my first white, man, I was I was shooting 75 arrows a night, man. I would I would shoot until I diminished returns and I'd quit. And it's like just to get myself confident for it, I'm shooting 40 yards, and it's like I my, my I still got my Robin Hood arrow it's still it's sitting right back there. I got it from five years ago because yeah. it's like and, and I don't do that anymore because <laughs> now I've, I've I've upgraded to Maxima Reds yeah, and it, at 90 bucks at yeah, a half dozen. No, no, no huh? And so I get I got a three spots. So this way it's like if I put it around right. that bullseye. It's like I'm happy. I could do it in any spot. So it's addicting. I mean, you you know you hit one arrow and it's you you can't stop. You know you just want to keep shooting. So then Jake, how'd you get into bow hunting? Uh, I guess bow hunting. So it's kind of through my I'd say my stepdad. My dad got me into hunting. Okay. I started hunting with my dad, and then bow hunting was really my stepdad uh, Trevor, and it just. I guess I started bow hunting at 12. I, I started gun hunting at 10, the legal age in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. At then, the time. At the time, at yes, because now it's like you can be, you right. can be newborn age. and right. shoot. Yes. Yep, and, that, and the first year I actually started hunting, I think it was the first year that... It went from it went from 12 to 10. Right. Uh-huh. So I started gun hunting at 10, and then bow hunting, I finally was able to pull back. My stepdad, Trevor, his requirement was I had to pull back 40 pounds. Okay. To make an ethical shot on the deer. And... Uh, so when, by the time I was 12... Well, I changed the pitch. There we go. There we go. See, now we're getting better quality. So by the, by the, time, uh, by the time I was 12, I could pull back 40 pounds. Um, so I started bow hunting with him and really just kind of flourished from there. I shot my first doe when I was 13 okay. over in Buffalo County, Wisconsin. And then uh, I, I just I got addicted to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I started hunting pretty much every weekend that he would take me. It was... Hey Trev, you know, can we go over to land this weekend? Can we go hunt? Because we're uh-huh. two, we're two and a half hours away from Buffalo County, so it was just kind of you know, can you take me? Can you take me? And then by the time I was sixteen and I could drive, you know, I played football. So every Friday night, you know, we were coming back, and it was you know eleven o'clock, anywhere from eleven o'clock to two o'clock in the morning. By the time we were done and home, and I was showered, mm-hmm. and I got up the next morning at probably about I'd say like seven eight o'clock take the two and a half hour drive over and i mean it was every weekend i would drive over i'd go hunt just saturday evening and i drive back home that's awesome if you didn't drive there after the game friday night right true (laughs) how about you caden when did you get introduced to the outdoor world or hunting i should say so i guess my first introduction to outdoors was more of uh my family is more of a power sports family so i got my first dirt bike when i was six okay so that was kind of the introduction and my grandparents had 40 acres and then we gun hunted that grew up around it and uh ended up with an old browning bow that we had sitting around and i just started shooting that and fell in love with it and just uh, once my grandpa died then it allowed me to hunt his property because he wouldn't let me he wanted to save it for the guns oh uh, okay uh i got the then the opportunity to start bow hunting and fell in love with that and that's all i've done since yeah, all I do is bow hunt. I do have a thirty out six because I've been invited. Last year, I got invited to go hunting with um, Wes with the release uh, podcast there at Green Bay. But it's like the, the way the weekend they were going, I had to, it was Thanksgiving weekend, and, or and I had to go down with the wife. And I was hoping that they would go the following week because it's my birthday. Because it's like it's, it works great because it's like it's the second weekend. Usually, all the big bucks are shop. It's like I don't give a shit. I want to go out there and just like just go out and set and uh, use my vortex scope and in my thirty out six, my savage. So it's like it's, it's but that that next this upcoming year hopefully things will work in a different fashion. So, but I'm looking forward to this upcoming year though, man. It's like I'm I'm fully uh, it's like Wisconsin resident. I've been doing a lot of scouting. I haven't found anybody to let me hunt their lands yet, so I'm so I'm so looking for that opportunity. But right now we have the uh, but you maximizing the farm land management program. 
they mm-hmm. have and that's got to open a lot that's open up a lot of different things there too but uh with the whole possible possibility of the c word crashing the economy it's going to open up an opportunity to buy some land right yeah you bet and i mean the whole c word too i mean that's given us the opportunity to do a lot more at the land this year too improvements and whatnot you know there's not as much to do you know out in your we're not as busy Right, yeah. even though this busy. is what we'd be doing anyways. But right. you're not chasing <laughs> tail and you're not drinking beers. It's That's like, right. right. No, so, I mean, all the more time in the world to you know spend at the land and make improvements to the land and try to make it better for deer season and you know shoot our bows and start doing some more shoots and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. so then, Caden, how did you come across uh, Chris? So I met Chris through Jake. Okay. So I'll, I'll if you want to talk about how you met Chris. Yeah. So okay, I guess I started. I was a junior in high school going into my senior year. I started working at HHA on the assembly line. I just worked there my my summer going into my senior year. I worked there three months, and okay. I uh, I didn't really know Chris all that well. I you know kind of just knew him because he was you know my boss, but I never had talked to him a ton. He was you know doing his thing and we were doing uh-huh. our thing. So then actually when I I took another job going into the school year. And Chris kind of just came out and talked to me, and he, you know, said how much he appreciated it. And I told him, obviously, I was I was very grateful for the opportunity, and I was uh, getting ready to go off to college the year after. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, if you're ever, you know, looking for a job and you get out of school, you know, we'll stay in contact. You never know, you know, maybe yeah. something will kind of come upon. And Chris and I just stayed in contact. You know, we text back and forth. And uh, a couple years ago, probably two years ago two or three years ago when he started um hosting the hha usa shoots okay um and we met up at rib mountain bowman up in wausau and he mentioned the possibility of maybe doing an internship um in a couple of years when i was ready and whatnot and it just so happened that uh this year it didn't really work out but he actually you know he hooked me up with jason at takedown adventures mm-hmm. and then now chris and i, I mean we you know we talk a pretty good amount and we work um work together a lot with hha usa the nonprofit um for all the veteran shoots okay that's so that's that's really how i met chris is we started going me and him went to all the shoots together starting with that one up in rim mountain that two years ago we've been going and this year we've made it to almost all of them i think every shoot but the first one we've been to and just kind of helping chris out where we can um, okay silent auction stuff and really just trying to be a part of the team anywhere that we can be and any sort of help i mean it's a great cause and it feels good to give back and Mm -hmm. just so thankful for what chris has done for you know hha usa and veterans and whatnot i mean he's a down-to-earth guy and one of the most genuine people i think i've ever met yeah and it's just it's it's awesome just to see you know you know what we can accomplish for our veterans and whatnot through hha usa that's fantastic yeah it's like when i met chris it's like that was just only with paca a couple weeks ago and i was going to actually my intention was to sit there because like uh bmac uh beast archery uh, challenge is coming up this weekend starts tomorrow right last year i was i spent out what we went what we did the finals that was for train to hunt now it's like he's blossoming into his own uh into his own project here and I was gonna like I won't make it to this one, but I'll make it. I'll most likely make it to next week. Next week because I have I have uh, uh, my daughter's weekend, so it's like we're gonna, we're gonna go out shooting our bows. We got the new Tetra sights. My wife and I did that. Thank you so much, Christmas, because I know he's gonna listen to this podcast because he's like he's, he's like he's asking like, hey, when's 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 Sunday the podcast coming out? And so I told him when that's gonna release. So it's like a nice thing is like, I only got like, like 15, 20 minutes left of editing on that. So I explained to you what's going on with that one. So I, I do apologize for the people that listened to it last week because it's gonna come out in three weeks. 
yeah so this podcast is gonna be out it's gonna be out there a little bit ways but it's it's cool. it's nice to kind of have that cue signed up so this way i'm always dropping pro- content right. Right. and it's like meeting with chris uh, it was just it was a blessing because chris opened up and he talked about the whole thing and and him and i bonded over the whole whole uh, getting together and doing veteran stuff because my wife's uh mother she puts on what they call a stand down event this is their 13th year of doing it and what it is it's a program where I do apologize for repeating this it's like you know the people that do listen to this I do appreciate it, but it's for these two gentlemen here it's the first time talking about it, but it's down in Illinois down in Peoria, Illinois I don't yep, and I know so, where that is and so what it does is like in one weekend in October they rent out the stadium there and they bus in all the homeless veterans around the area and uh, last episode my wife did, gives out the thing they did they did just shy of like 515 total between the two different events because they do another one down in Decatur but they, what they do is they prepare them for the upcoming winter like hot hands and they'll get good boots from Redhead. They'll get uh, high quality um, coats and under um, long underwear and, awesome. and toiletries and stuff like that. And we we've uh, working with them. And we, and then when they come there, it's not like just getting their clothing and leaving. No, we actually have classes for them. They get we we introduce them to a lawyer to help them with if they need to if they need to deal with child support or if they need to start working at getting established relationship with the kids. Um, they do uh, uh, flu shots too as well. Haircuts, my, uh, uh, she's not like she's, um, my wife's uncle's girlfriend. So we're not quite sure when that's gonna, when, when he's gonna pull the trigger on that. He's a, so he's, he's, he's still kind of dealing with some of the previous, uh, divorce situation, but she's, she sets, she spends there and does, does that. And then we also sit down. It's, it's, just, it's just a fantastic experience. That's We've been awesome. inviting people, like I've been doing it for, this will be my fifth year doing it. Right. And, I, and we, it's like if anybody wants to come down with us, it's open invitation. You just DM me and I will, and you, you, if you can come to Lacrosse or if we can meet you on our way from Lacrosse to Peoria, she is so willing to, to set you up. That we can set up awesome. we can set up sleeping bags and air bag and air mattresses the whole nine because it's like we want to and like we have friends of ours that are coming down they're going to volunteer too for it and it's a good and say so it's a Saturday event only but we go down Friday to help prepare right. or we'll or we'll drive down Thursday just to be ahead of schedule so this way because it's. Within two days, you're putting in 30 hours. These are 15-hour-long days. You're starting yeah. from sunup to sundown, right. getting things lined up, getting all the inventory in, getting everything all booked out and stuff. So it's a very intense event. That's awesome. It's happy to hear that, you know, good people doing good things for mm-hmm. other good people. That's awesome. And it's all done through goodwill. It's it's in a reason why like Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa don't have those programs because it's just that they do, they just don't have the the homeless veteran pro, pro, uh, situation, and so it's they they had so it's just one of those things where just for some reason Illinois has it, but then again you have Chicago and that's right. a lot of people in one area, so it kind of has that. Uh, thing on there and everybody goes to do things like I've, I've met World War II vets all the way up to Iraqi freedom awesome yeah because it's like for me I grew, I, I watched right the towers fall yeah. and so like for me it's like you because you guys were one one, one you wanted yeah. oh, Jesus so it's like you guys don't even know what happened right but it's like I watched them fall down and so it's like and then like I had several friends of mine knock on wood all of them came back I got very very fortunate that all of them came back they, yeah. they may have not all come back like 100% but they, right. yeah but they're all they, they may they're still here but they're they've done stuff to help themselves out and then with my education of introducing them to different programs like I was talking to you guys about like MAPS M-A-P-S like for dealing with um, a PTSD and there's there's multiple 
fastest to help somebody out. And then we have Tyson uh, Trunkill with the Dust Off program, which that podcast comes out Tuesday. Well, it would come out Tuesday. See, today is what, the 16th? Isn't it 17th. the 17th? 22nd? So, 22nd there. So that will come on Tuesday. So now for for those who are listening to it now, yeah, so that one's going to be a good one. And uh, uh, that where Tyson and I are going to revisit again. We're going we're to hopefully bring on Tom and, and talk to them. And I, I'd like to sit down and actually bring Tyson and Kurt Heddington from uh, Expedition Archery right. and do a, a nice podcast because... I feel like I feel like an ass because we did a podcast and it's like I was working on it. And all of a sudden, everything crashed and I uh, uh-huh. lost everything. So the nice thing is to make up for it, I will be bringing him some Wisconsin walleye. Ooh. You can't go wrong with Wisconsin no. walleye. No, it's just sitting, it's sitting in the deep freeze right there. And then these, these are like we were catching 20, 22, 23, 24 inch walleyes and stuff like that. And we were catching on a Glow Pro. Wisconsin-based company with with a rattle in there, and it was a glow in the dark. It was just coming off the bottom because uh, my buddy's uh, well ex-girlfriend now, ex-fiance, I should say. Uh, she was her parents and her were, were very generous. They let us out, out in their boathouse, let us go fishing, and we just hit the right time when the water was up. We were catching them, and it's like I was just catching them. We were both catching them. It's like we went home, and he is not a very good flare, so it's like I just took him home and I flayed them all out. And but it's like uh, if you if you cruise my uh, Instagram or my Facebook page is just like you'll see that it's like last summer I did over 200 fish wow. flying them all up and it's like all it's, oh yeah well, drink a lot of goddamn beer man oh man <laughs> Jesus like my dad would get frustrated with me because like this is the last one of a six out of a 12 pack You're right <laughs> yeah. but it's like I'm doing it until 11 o'clock at night but like we, my dad and I we're, we're hardcore fishermen it's like right. as long as we're as long as the fish are biting we're, we're, we're out there until sundown that's awesome and Looking forward, like they're looking forward to this summer. We were right now. We're still pacing. Well, the sea words kind of put a put a damp on our not necessarily damp on our fishing, but it's like it's like the uh, my uptick and busiest schedule and his schedule and like and he once he gets to a certain point in time in the summertime he doesn't like to necessarily fish right. so it's like for us I, I'm constantly watching the weather like tomorrow is supposed to be well uh, July 18th is supposed to be 93 degrees and he's got some type of allergic reaction to the, to the sun so he doesn't go out and fish really? so it's like he puts his boat in storage and he kind of just waits to gets colder so he's right. the only one that I will interrupt my deer season for Wow. That's <laughs> next, a, you next get some to, really good fishing in Wisconsin too in the fall. Oh yes, especially around here. Yeah, yeah I'm a little. I'm like you see how close I am to the the Mississippi. Right, you're right. And it's there. like I, t- I, I, it's like it's funny that it's like I take it for granted because before I used to live 70 miles west of here, right. and it's like it would have to be an all day excursion. Now it's like it's literally a five, a 15 minute drive to my honey hole. Right, and I, I love fishing. I just find it so hard to get out of a stand. In October, or yeah, I don't know how you do it. I, yeah, yeah, it's I, tough. It's, it's it's like one thing I've learned is like you, that because um, there's there's like uh, when Chris when, when I first met Chris it was his anniversary of his father's passing and like listening to him talk about the memories he has with his father is like I want to establish the same thing because there's friends of mine that their fathers have already passed away and I'm only 35. Right. And so it's like, and I, I cherish every moment of that. I mean, it's like taking advantage of it because you never know when that day is going to come. And it's like, and you have that bond, get out there and get in a boat, get in a tree stand, do whatever you need to, to get them out, get him out. Cause sometimes right. he may not be motivated to do it, but, or at least work with the, your father to get him in him in a situation to get out there and enjoy it. Cause it's like, it's some of the best time you'll spend. Oh time, yeah. You know what I mean? Especially like my daughter, like she's a she's a savage when it comes down to it. Like she'll she, like we'll be in the boat for eight hours and we'll ask you to go to the bat, you need to go you need to go potty. It's like no, 
<laughs> like, you sure? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like my, between the between the four of us, between my wife, her, her, and uh, my dad, we're all catching fish because right. my dad's got, let's see, he is 67 years old. So you're talking 50 plus years of education of fishing yeah. from trout fishing to fly fishing to cane fishing. Right. Oh, man. It's like he gave me his old cane pole that he had for Decades and it's like it's all cracked. So like yeah. I got, I threw it away. I got this. I get this collapsible five foot three pole. Yeah. And I put a. I got about an open face for it. And I tell you what, it's it's an ultralight. I I can just catch them all the time. <laughs> but the, the, I'll tell you what, fishing with your father or, or a significant other, it's like it's not a competition. It's how much shit talking you deliver because yeah, my da- my dad is like it's like because it's like there's there's one time this past summer that last summer we were fishing at a lake in Northern Ireland. I'm not gonna tell you which one it is because you gotta you gotta figure it out yourself. But um, we caught like something like twenty. We, we, we kept 23 crappies we caught well more than that it's just when I'm trying to get in the boat they spit them out and he's he just like I learned my lesson like I'm just gonna grab a net bring it in and <laughs> judge it because we, we both got big hands and so it's like right. if the fish tail meat doesn't go past my index our index finger we throw it back right. because it's like it's, we have the potential of letting it allowing it to grow and it's just our way of right. capture going after the bigger fish because we're meat eaters it's like Twenty Twenty ATA Show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran Four Blade. As you can see, four blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we use with our original two-blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades. Okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens still has our momentum management compressible blade technology so the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed Uh, in flight it's one inch by inch and a quarter another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like so swap the tip out get you 125 grains instead of 100 which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click, and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle like free, people that I know solid containment, 100% I mean, like, deployment every time. Was, so we've like, made a lot of good adjustments and refinements you know, to that's it. That's sure like, I'm, I'm so glad you guys came to my place every single time. Up, so that's what's what we new for VIP this year. yellow bass, all from uh, uh, Lake Okoboji. It was excellent. It was, it was awesome. awesome. It was excellent. And thank you. That you. dry rub. Oh, oh my gosh. My wife is amazing. It's better than anything you can buy in the store. Oh, yeah. And 100%. Especially that dip. And then the dip she made was yeah. amazing. Dude, fucking legit. Literally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, yeah. And it might have been the best part of the day. <laughs> it was, it the, was best the best part of the day. Part of the day. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's the big thing about it. It's like, it's like that's why we do this. It's, like, it's, it's, it's not about the trophy. It's about the experience. It's about the memory. Because like when I'm 80 years old sending in a nursing home, and I'm talking to people that it did not live a life. Right. I will be able to have this. In, it's like it, it's more, it'll provide me more wealth than having a million dollars in the bank. Right. Right. I mean, my... My best memories come from, you know, 
couple off the top of my head is you know he killed his first turkey this year i filmed it for him oh congratulations man I'm, yeah. I'm on season six i still haven't shot one yet <laughs> uh season two one shot yeah, yeah there you go pretty cool. was that with a bow or a shotgun shotgun i want to get one underneath my belt okay you gotta go to pop this year i get it that's right I, uh, if you listen to craig james he's the savage he went four for four really? week one two three and four yeah, and it's like it's a really good podcast because he breaks down the science to all the different bird calls. Like I just have a little squawk box. He carries three different, uh, uh, three different calls out with him. He shot all four of his turkeys with a bow. Is he out of eastern Wisconsin? Uh, he's north. He's up towards Green Bay. Okay, all right, cool. Hey, he, this guy is like he's big in CrossFit. I want him to come down to BMAC because uh, he would be a, this would be right up his alley. Yeah, I, I told him to come on down to him. And it's like you 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 would love it. And like his stepdaughter's really gotten into fitness too. And it's like if those two got in to be able to do that, then man, those guys would have so much fun. Yeah, I was gonna say I so, follow him a little bit on Instagram. Funny funny story about that. We okay. had a little bit of an outdoor page, kinda, and like like we ended up talking a little bit with Craig. And like oh, yeah? we were almost we almost tried to like hook I up mean, for a turkey hunt, but yeah. I mean, he probably couldn't pick us out of a crowd. No, we we follow all his stuff, and he seems like a real cool guy. I mean, I mean, he seems to have success every year turkey hunt. Like that's a that you know well, that's his last thing. year he got skunked. He but he he learned a lot though. That's it's like even though you may have lost, but it's like it's you learned something. And, I mean, and he came back strong. Oh, this year. dude! I mean, you, you listen to the podcast. He and tells you how bowl. he did it. Yeah, all with a bow. And yeah. didn't he didn't he get a one two three with his buddy with a bow? I, uh, he got he got two. He, well, his buddy came in with a shotgun. He he capitalized yeah. too. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Cool. Uh, it's 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 amazing that uh, and he he's he he, uh, he said it's like you this is he told me what he needed to do so I'm gonna apply for the seasons that he's going to do it and like he's gonna get me up because I want to c- cap get my first turkey man because like I've never hit one knock a wood with a car or a truck but it's like it's like I see him all over the place and it's just fantastic and it's like I want to get one because yeah. uh, my my previous landowner I used to hunt on hates turkeys absolutely hates them because he used to when he was growing up like when he was your guys' age going through college like yeah. he used to work for a turkey outfit there in, in northern Iowa and what they would do is like you, you know, one of the guys was like watch this and he put a little red dot on a white fan on the back of it the turkeys cannibalized it it destroyed it because really? it was a sign of weakness really because it because it's like because if you've seen turkey fans yeah. and if you look on yeah. the back side it's like it's all pristine white but you see this little off thing right there they just go after it and it's like he's like, he's like I hate it's like because of that experience I hate turkeys I just, just do not like him so it's like I had the free range for but I could never get him in yeah I mean turkey hunting's Right up there. I mean, whitetail hunting is my favorite, but I mean, turkey hunting is right up there. I mean, you have a bird coming and strutting and gobbling. Mm-hmm. Hear him right off the roost. It's just such an interactive hunt. I mean, I always say, like, if you're looking to get involved in the outdoors and get involved in the hunting, I mean, turkey hunting is a really good way to get started because oh, I mean, yes. it's so, so interactive. Much interaction. Oh, you know? hands down. Plus, it's like it's all about communication, learning the different chirps. Like, I, when I would go out hunting like, over the last years, I would sit there with YouTube on my phone with headphones in, like, learning how to call. Because it's like, it's yeah. like well, it's like, I need to figure out how to do this. I've, it was just once, once I've been able to get them to respond back to me. That's it. Really? That's, I mean, it's once you get it, though, I mean, it's... Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean he's, he's pretty good. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that. He, 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 you called in how many birds for how many different people? A couple. <laughs> Just this year, a couple. So I take it. So you've gone out several times helping people out this past uh, this past spring. Yeah. So I took Caden out. He first got his, weekend. Yeah, I took him out first weekend. I took my little brother out, who's nine, on Youth his hunt. first turkey hunt this okay. spring. I put him. He was. I think he had three misses this year. 
but he's learning. You know, we're just kind of getting him. Into was this that. with a shotgun or with an archery? With a bow? Uh, shotgun. Shotgun. Okay. Shotgun. And then, well, he's nine, so I mean, that's that's yeah. intimidating. No, we're using a three ten or four ten. He's actually 20 gauge? a twelve gauge. He's a pretty big kid, and you know, Ooh. last year he actually shot a twenty gauge. Yeah. That's off to big. him. Yeah. But yeah. I guess is like the, the resurgence of the four the four ten is coming around because the the ammunition is just right. really popular. Right. And it's like, but I've heard people like using. Uh, four tens is a rifle, right. rifle gun to go after him. Yeah. Like I have a an old coast to coast pump action shotgun in, in in the closet on the other side there, and I love. It's like I, it's if I'm gonna go out turkey hunt, I'll use that because it's like it's like it's it's very precise and it's like I it's you, for as much shooting as I've done over the years, I love the four ten. I love the four ten, and I, I made a mistake because my uncle let me borrow his, his single shot 1910 1911 uh, like old four ten single shot. I can't count how many birds and how many squirrels and how many rabbits I shot with that son of a gun and I gave it to him thinking like I gave it to my uh, my cousin's husband and I, I got an earful for that I got an earful of that and it's like, and it's like he's not quite sure like how to get it back because it's like I, I cause it's like he's got the, he's got a couple of grandsons with his daughter, and it's like uh, he's not quite sure if they're gonna they're gonna adapt the hunting bug. Right. And he feels that it would be it would be more valuable left in my hands just because of how how um, hunting is so close to my heart, you know. Right. Because it's it's almost like a, it's almost like a religion to me. Because it's like I like yeah. I like going out there because it's like you're 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 with God. You're yeah. out there, twenty feet up. You're away from everything. Like I, I like places where I don't have service. Yeah. Because then all I could do is listen to podcasts. Because that's why I'm focused. Because I have, I have one bad ear, so I put my pod, I put my podcast head fed in that one, and then I have my good ear. So I'm always constantly head on the swivel doing that. Because this way, that I'm away from everybody. I'm not trolling Facebook, Instagram, any you're of that bunch of shit. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's the best way to disconnect. It's where you're closest to God. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. It's like it's it's it's, it's next close to going to church. Yeah, and it's. I mean, that's part of who you are yeah, yeah. it's a good time for like yourself to like cleanse and self-reflect too i so. like that that's a that's a good point of view that's a very solid point of view because it's like because we're, we're we're so because we become so toxic we're inside inside the town you know because you're because right. you you develop anxiety you develop um stress because you're in a go-go scenario but when you're out in the country you 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 get to you get to slow down right and then it's like then it's like the, the, every minute actually has a value to you where you're in town it's like well you can only you're you're only you're in a cage essentially because right. you can only do so much in town but you get out in the country man it's like you go from there luckily for us like wisconsin is like our biggest metropolitan area is, is milwaukee and that's a shithole right we're a ways away we're a ways right. away oh, we're, we're literally on the other side of the state from milwaukee right. right and i mean even here in lacrosse i mean you're not far away from i mean you got a 10 15 minute ride and you're out in the country oh. you know you can experience i mean you got a three four minute drive and you're at the river yes so yes that's awesome that is exactly true now um caden what is uh what is going to be what like when you go to the hha usa's Events. What do you tend to do? Do you do part? Do you participate? Do you volunteer? What is your role? Part of the uh, the, the whole so caboodle. It started as yeah, we're shooting. We typically go and we'll shoot Sunday. Okay. And then uh, we go and we help out with the silent auction, collecting all the tabs, getting the prizes to either the people that won them or getting them ready to be shipped out for the people that won them, and then take down all the tents, do that. I'm foresee that role growing i think there'll be a lot more volunteering in the schedule we have planned for future that's awesome which we're really okay. excited about but 
Yeah. yeah, I know Chris has got some really cool announcements that he that he told me about last weekend. We can't talk about them yet, but it's no. like because nothing's finalized. But I'm really excited for next year. It's next like next year's gonna be a big year. It's gonna be it awesome. It is. I mean, it we is. Have a lot of, we have a lot of big things planned. Like you said, we can't really talk about it. But I mean, you know, stay tuned to HHA USA on Facebook because I mean. Look, like you said, there's a lot of big things coming, and we're really excited about it. So, uh, me too, me too. And like, and then it's like this 2021, like 2022, like because we got the 22 veterans a day type scenarios. Like, it should be a fantastic year. We'll be in the middle of a of a of a new presidential cycle, depending on how this all turns out. Um, for those who live in, in in the UK, you've already been experiencing communism in a sense and their own will will <laughs> thing so it's like it's weird we uh, it, it's it's strange because it's like you you look at the the culture over there and all the different things it's like they have the aspect of like the archery and stuff and they have the clubs which is fantastic right. so it builds that camaraderie and it makes sense why john dudley's always busy uh but it's like it'd be, it would be nice to see that type of involvement here but here we have the flexibility of being able to shoot in your backyard right, right. Right, I mean, you can go pretty much anywhere. I mean, even our one of our good buddies, Max, he's uh, he's doing an internship up in northern Wisconsin. Okay. And he doesn't have a place to shoot. He's just renting. Mm-hmm. So he's been going out to public land and just shooting at public land, and he's he's got to wear a mask, like a not like a mask is like a head net because the mosquitoes are so bad. Oh, the that horse makes flies. sense. Yeah, horse flies. I mean, he is. I mean, he's the definition of just grind. He is a grinder and die hard. He wants to shoot his bow and. So that's what I mean. I mean, you can go anywhere here. We're blessed that we can go pretty much anywhere we want and shoot our bows. Same thing with like Minnesota. Minnesota actually has, I think, over two or three dozen public shooting ranges. Oh, like wow. like where my daughter lives in, in Minnesota, where I, where I cut my teeth on archery. We have a free archery range there in, in Stewartville, Minnesota. It's like it's 40 yards. And then if, then if you uh, if you have your own target, you can actually get it out to 60 yards. It takes a little finessing with the trees to lay it. But you have the flexibility. Up in the, up in the Twin Cities, there's, there's close to six or seven outdoor ranges on top of I think they have like four or five indoor ranges that you, or archery shops you can go to and that's just that's just along uh, Highway 52 that's not considering Worthington and Bemidji and all that fun stuff out wow, there too that's, that's pretty cool I didn't know that oh yeah it's, it's 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 really interesting to look at that and plus so like we hear it's like I was kind of surprised when I came into this area like especially with having Matthews literally 25 minutes away and there's no outdoor ra- public outdoor range which is kind of weird but then again you start digging in there's like the, there's public land everywhere oh yeah everywhere everywhere and a lot of good public land good at that. like mm-hmm. especially for deer hunting oh yes oh yeah Oh, oh, 100%. And on top of that, too, it's like uh, the, the elk population is fan- growing fantastically well, too. It's like we're on our right. second, no, third, third right. season of hunting that, too. So when they're spreading all throughout, so it's like we're, um, I could, it won't be long before we start seeing them towards Bangor and coming all along down the Mississippi and stuff like that. It's like, it's going to be awesome. But it's just, the, yeah, it's just the, the freeways and the interstates. Like, it's just, it, it just it's, it's scary about like running into one of those being uh, oh, animals. Right. Right. Definitely a concern. Well, for sure. Back to the HHA USA thing and how yeah. you said in England how it's a much of a camaraderie type thing. Yes. That's the thing that I love that Chris is trying to do with HHA USA. A lot of people, I feel like a lot of people think it's more of like a competition type thing because it's a 3D shoot. Okay. But it's definitely like not. Like we oh. just want everybody to come out, have fun with their buddies and just go out and shoot. And then you're helping out an awesome cause. That's right. very true. I yeah. mean, there's, there's no prizes for you know doing well like you know we do our novelty long shot it's usually 
I mean, our outdoor courses, it's probably about 70 to 85 yards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have prizes first through fifth, which it's Paca, all what Paca, which you were at. I mean, we gave away a Matthews Verdicts Bowl, which was donated by Whitetails Unlimited. Mm-hmm. So, and then second prize was uh, Tetra Max, HHA Tetra Max. And nice. And prizes were Connex cameras. So, I mean, there was $2,500 in prizes on the table there. And, I mean, you didn't even have to hit the target to get a ticket entered right. into you it. Right. You just buy your arrows and you're automatically entered in, and it's all drawn by random. It's not based off of how well you shoot or don't shoot. And we saw a group at Wapaka a couple weekends ago. It was a gentleman and his wife, and their three kids. I mean, their three kids. The oldest couldn't have been over seven years old. Yeah. All three kids were, you know, going around the course and shooting. And, I mean, you don't have to be a world-class archer to go to an HHA USA shoot. I mean, it's just a fun time to get together with your friends, your family, and just raise money for a good cause. Well, I was at Warren's, and I watched a pregnant woman go out there and shoot. She was fucking on fire. Yeah. This guy was, she walked, she did all, was like, Warren's had, what, 40 40, targets? 40. She did all 40 targets, pregnant. Yeah. It's like this, and then then um, then there's the the other two. Then there there were a group, a group of uh, five of them. So they had two husbands, a wife that was pregnant, and then a wife that just had a baby, and then they had a toddler. They they did the whole entire and course, man. It's like good for them. And it's the like baby uh, was like infant, infant. Oh yes, it's like it was. I was sitting there talking to Tyson and, and Chris. It's like I was. That's while well, we were waiting for them to finish up their shoot. They were out there shooting at the the, the ten all the way up to sixty yards, and before they hit the three uh, uh, D targets, like that's just fantastic to see people out there getting out getting after it, man. Right. And it's I mean, like that guy right there, and he's like, he's got herself a fucking winner, man. It's like, <laughs> I tell you what, because like the guys that have a woman that likes to hunt and likes to fish and, and is actually competitive with you is on the same playing level as you. It's like I tell you what. Christmas gifts, uh, birthday gifts, and uh, anniversary gifts are very, very tough because you can't buy them a bow, you can't buy them a gun because right. that's 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 something that's, uh, that has to be done outside the those three major uh, events right. throughout the year. Right. Yeah, and I mean with HHA USA too. I mean, even if you don't want to shoot the course, I mean, there's lots of great options outside of it. You know, we ha- we have usually around you know forty silent auction items. Yes. All sorts of different archery products. Um, Give away a couple sausage uh, makers, rollers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's a wide variety of stuff. I even won some. I even won some prizes too. Because yeah. when I went to a pack, uh, I just bid on items just to just like because nobody's bidding on me. So I was like, well, I'm the first to bid. I know I'm gonna get bidded out. So I just kind of I I I, I, I price I, a little. Oh bit? yes, I upped the price. Get it going. For, oh yeah, just to get it going. Then this, and then then when last weekend, I I did the same thing too. Upped them up. I, it's it's like and I I. I put some forethought into it because like well I can't go too high because it's like I only have so much money on my own and uh, I ended up winning three prizes so all that money went to the lacrosse chapter for honor flight I, I don't even know if they're, what they're going to do for it because I work for a company that that vo- asks for volunteers constantly when we get close to the honor flights for when it comes close to uh, a veterans day yeah it's just it's an awesome cause and it's it's great that we can raise so much money you know through just one shoot alone you know just by getting you know, ninety people out to one shoot. Yeah. What was what was last weekend? One hundred and four shooters, and I think oh, we really? raised like eighty seven hundred dollars. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Was, Jesus. I think, was, I think it was around nine grand. Yeah. It was just That's under impressive. With yeah. I, have, I haven't seen I haven't seen the, the the figures yet, so it's like I'm I'm I've, if you those who pay attention to the Bucks page, uh, Facebook and Instagram, I'm. That information will be shared guaranteed. So that's just fantastic, man. Like only because like because uh, Wapaka had three hundred and some shoes, right? It's like three fifty. Three fifty. And, yeah. we'll, when, when and the, they draw a good crowd. Yeah, and 
Because that's a beautiful course, it too. It's beautiful. You know, right on, what is it, the Crystal River? Crystal River. I think River. so. I was, telling, I was telling Eric uh, Clark from Where to Hunt uh, podcast. I told him, I was like, dude, this is a great place for you to bring out because he just, uh, for him and his wife and their two kids, is like, you can do the shoot in the morning, get there right away when they open up, when it's like decent now, and then float the rest of the day. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're his youngest boy is only gonna, will probably be a year and a half or so when that come 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 times are coming around. But I think that'd be a fantastic event for anybody to do that. And plus, they're open to the public uh, Memorial Fourth and Labor Day weekends to go shoot for the public. And that's like talk about a heck of a time to go shoot. Yeah, and that well, three hundred and fifty shooters, and that was the Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, exactly. So that big of a turnout a Friday, on a holiday a Saturday weekend and a Sunday. Yeah. I mean, they're all. I think they're all. Over, uh, they're all over a hundred, and I think Saturday was, you know, Saturday I think was our best day, obviously. Right. Yes, yes, it was. Because I, I showed up on nice. I, I, like, I, I regret not bringing my bow, my bow and go and shoot. But then again, it was like it would have shifted everything because our conversation with Chris and 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 uh, Brian that lasted almost two hours long. So that there's no one by the time I got there, there's no because like I'm two and a half hours out. Right. So it's like I was there's no way I've been able to do it. I would have to leave at like like five o'clock in the morning to make it out there. Right. And I mean that was the crowd. I mean you know we were talking about it was 350 shooters. I mean it was like 90 in the low 90s like every it day. Hot oh, day. It was yeah. a hot so weekend. Hot. There's no breeze, no clouds, and it, mm-hmm. I mean, it just shows you you know people are willing to get back to. The Tetra was the first site that we introduced the infinite adjust system on the front end. With previous sites, we had what we call a hopscotch or plug and play type of scope housing where you had to bolt the scope housing to the frame to find the correct location. The Tetra changed that with the infinite adjust system. So now when you sight in your 20 yard mark, you can really fine tune by sliding the whole scope housing up and down in this channel system. That's probably one of the biggest features to the Tetra. Another key feature of the Tetra is Ninja Star yardage wheel. Getting a better hold on the yardage wheel, especially when you're hunting and you have heavier gloves on. The Tetra does have 100 yard capabilities with the yardage tape and that's to the yard. A couple other key features of the Tetra is you get both third and second axis for even more precision. But one of the key features as far as looks goes is we've updated the front end or the housing of the Tetra. So now you have a brighter, larger uh, scope ring which helps with peep alignment as well as a built-in scope level which is just more secure. The Tetra is available in a fixed frame bracket with with three different mounting locations as well as a dovetail or tournament edition uh, so you can adjust the distance that the scope housing is away from your bow and the tetra is also available in three different scope housing sizes you get an inch and five eighths an inch and three quarter as well as a new all the heads are interchangeable. I don't think there's a single person that I know that has not been affected by a, somebody that's been in the armed forces. Like my 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 grandpa, before he passed away, I had no idea that he was part of the guide missile program back in the 50s. Wow. Wow. No idea. Yeah. Absolutely no idea because he was born in 30s. 
36, 37. So, but yeah, he went to school. He went to University of Lincoln in Nebraska there. And okay. and now if you look at Nebraska's lineage, I mean, that school is the Ivy League of the mid, mid the Midwest. Right. I mean, they produce some of the top All-Americans and, and uh, people that go to the NFL and the MLB and all across the country. I mean, that played... And so it's like it's fantastic. Like, and he was part of that. Served in the service and stuff like that. Bounced around. And yeah, he is like he. No idea. It's like, and I, I, I miss him because it's like I got lucky because when I went to college, I went to Arizona. Like, I wanted to. I, would, I wanted to get the out of the Midwest. I just, all I want to do, and then it's like, and then a little, little unbeaten. This is I made this decision before my grandparents uh, retired and moved down to Arizona, so I got lucky. So for over for close to a decade, I got to spend Christmas and Thanksgiving with them, and so it's like my cousins and my brothers and sisters never got that opportunity to do so. It's like I got to I got to spend some real quality time, and and I don't I don't I man I wish it's like he was still actively hunting because he's like he was a big bird man he loved going after pheasants there in south dakota and there in elkton and pierre and uh like south dakota is where the place to hunt like i grew up in the 90s here in, in iowa so it's like I, like i said i got 15 years on you guys so when you guys are born i was already 16 <laughs> but so it's like oh but i, I cut my teeth on and pheasants in the 90s and that's where i got my uh, uh uh accuracy and everything else like that and it's like the 90s in iowa is where it's at but then we they started moving away from all of that and if you pay attention to a backcountry hunters and anglers podcast Hal Harrigan they're dealing with the whole swamp and all bunch of issues down there in Des Moines I mean it's I was is not necessarily a shit show but they're, they're they recognize what's going on and they can they can probably it'll take it'll probably take 20 if, if we're lucky maybe 20 years and they'll be able to change things around because they've been they're so used to pulling the water out of the land now they need to put it back into it right right because that's that's a, that's a big thing now. It's like it was like now you know like for if you want if you're upland game bird, it's like you need to figure you need to find people all, all along that Minnesota South Dakota border all right there. Because that's where you get that's where. But we live over the Mississippi, so we get, we're we're lucky with that. And then um, the person that uh, did my floral arrangement for my wedding, her husband does an outfitting business and I've been wanting to get on it but we're just getting down there but he is he developed his property to bring in birds and and like opening weekend is my wedding and uh, so it's like I didn't see him but it was it was it's just to, uh, just to talk to him. It's like the guy is in his mid seventies. This guy does he acts like he's in his forties. Like he's active, he's in shape, he is just a, a go getter. So you didn't go hunting on opening weekend? I'm <laughs> trying to do it with the wife and the, and the and the mother-in-law. I would rather not be hung. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah, because they they both love uh, my favorite murderer, and they they love all that stuff like that. My body probably would not be found. <laughs> and so it, it's it's just a, a fantastic experience, man. Um, dude. Uh, I don't even know where to go go on from here because we, we've 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 covered a lot of awesome topics here. Well, is there anything you guys want to talk about that this pissed you off or it excites you about what's going on in Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Minnesota? I'm just sick of the c word. The c word. Yeah. I'm ready to kind of get back to normal and just you know start living life. Yes, exactly. And especially when you look at the CDC and all those things right there. Now, I, I, I tried to do my best to keep politics out of this podcast, unless we are talking about what's going on. Now, did you guys do the DNA, uh, the, the DNR, not DNA, fuck, Jesus. I talk for a living. I still sound like a jackass. Anyways, <laughs> folks, uh, 
<laughs> uh, so, well, so did you guys actually take the time to do the 60 question mm-hmm. quiz yeah the DNR yes yep. yes yep. did you like how they, they came back and they kept a lot of things the same they didn't change anything well like, I think that was they that was actually probably the best thing that I think came out of the whole situation was that you know it was online so there was a lot more feedback yes right. you know you didn't have to go in person to a you know, your local town hall or whatever to discuss the issues. I mean, there was, there had to have been a record amount of feedback this year because I mean, some of the some of the questions that they had on there. I mean, there was a pretty overwhelming you know response, especially to the to the nine day gun season going to what was it nineteen? Yes. Yeah. So, and I, I think it was good. I, I hope they actually do keep it this way, where it's mm-hmm. kind of the online format because I think you're going to get a lot more people that you know give their input on situations like these because. You know, it's important, you know, we don't want, you know, people down in Madison that don't experience, you know, what we do, making our decisions. You Madison, know. Milwaukee, Green Bay, Superior. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's it's important for us as uh, outdoorsmen and whatnot to just, you know, give our input. That way, you know, we can enjoy the outdoors the way we do. And the biggest thing that I've learned from dealing, like listening to podcasts with the Sportsman Alliance, the, the, the anti-hunters, there is no leeway if you give no. them an inch they will take 15 miles it's like i've listened to steve or randy newberg's podcast and he was he was all part about bringing introducing the wolves in wyoming montana all stuff like that and then he learned the real truth the real bullshit that goes on and it's like like anything they ever offer to like ask like to take away from lead or anything like that it's like you gotta vote no because that opens up the gateway to start taking stuff away from us because right. they because it's like because remember like not all people in DNR are hunters right it's like those people are put there by like they're, they're, they're like they're, they're by business PETA. people <laughs> we know, like, we, uh, no we're talking P- all anti-hunters like we're talking PETA anybody that does not like that stuff that they go to, like anti-hunters anti like all that fun stuff they're put there they're, they're, they work their way there there's snakes in the grass and that's the worst part about it and I think there needs to be some type of a revamp on how the DNR is handled because it should not be left up to to the like we like we discussed Madison Milwaukee Superior Green Bay that something needs to change in that because it's like if you, if you're not a licensed ho- licensed holder in multiple sports you you have no voice right because it's like because it's like because uh, trappers shoot the foot for one of the people or, or what like like bird dogs so like that when when they step on traps on public land that right there is like we'll start seeing that stuff trip away because it's like listening to people out west where they start seeing that stuff chip away from like going after uh the mar the varmints uh what's what's a what's a what's a trapping animal that you can go out besides beaver uh Otters, they're like otters and other ones, like bobcat, like, bobcat, yeah, bobcats, lynx, and some of that too. It was like that. And it, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> we need more of those. Well, yes. what was it last year? They tried passing legislation that they they wanted to eliminate all, uh, or they want to eliminate. They're going after coyote hunting to eliminate the the contest. But if you read the law, it it made it universal to fishing contests. And deer contests yeah, and I everything. Saw that. Mm-hmm. So it's like you gotta walk, you gotta pay attention to the verbiage. And it's like it's it's just an uphill battle. And it's like 
I think we're at a point in time in society that we 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 have the science. It was just we just need to stop voting on it because it's like our our ancestors were like my like for you guys to be your dad, your great grandfather, for me to be my my great grandfather, like and how they changed and transitioned everything to right. to be able to have a week because we're right now currently we're in the good old days. Yeah. Literally for turkey hunt, white tail hunt, elk we're getting there, lynx, uh, bobcat, mountain lion we're getting there. And we don't want to. We don't want to jeopardize that. And if we're not careful, we're going to end up like England, where it's like own the one percent owns everything, and we have to do it. And like I feel bad for those guys because they don't have the pub, the, the the opportunities that we do. And it's like at least if you can get a, a student visa or a working visa, it's like you get there's there's possibilities of you being able to go hunting. Right, and I mean that's the thing. I mean there's like we talked about before. You know, there's lots of really good public hunting. You know, just in the state of Wisconsin. You know, let alone the Midwest, mm-hmm. in America itself. So, I mean, it's, you know, the, the options are, you know, the sky's the limit. The yeah. only the only thing with that is, like, my dad hunted public all of his life, and he just got so frustrated with it because it's public land, but everybody okay. on it felt like they owned it because they were in their spot. But that's, so that's that, also, too, it comes to, you right. know, where you're at because, you know, you hunted a lot of public land around here I last did. year, and it's, I mean, it's a completely different ballgame. Way different. I mean, you can get into some really good hunting. You see yeah. a lot of deer and a lot of really good deer. Yeah, that's, that's a valid point. And it's like um, I was talking to my buddy Tony uh, Halinka, and he does public land hunting too and stuff like that, depending on like what tag he needs to fill and such. And I like his approach to it is like it's like instead of working against everybody, it's like let's work like work together, together, work together. you know? Because like he was telling me that there's a few times where he was got out there first one in the parking lot two three o'clock in the morning, marching two three miles back into there, and then like as the dusk as daylight came, people cut kicking up deer, and he was able to get a doe. Yeah, and he came on back on down, and he gave them his report, and like this is and like and worked with them instead of against them. It's like that's just frustrating. It's like and then when you start bringing in leases, that's where it really gets muddy because now that's when you have to bring in insurance. Right. If you can keep insurance out of the hunting business, life is so much better. Right, and th- you know this whole situation in itself. This is kind of where you know hunters have to come together and work together. You know we, you know us as hunters. You know, it's I shouldn't say it's them against us, but I mean us as hunters there's such a small group of us that do what we do mm-hmm. you know we got to stick together and realize that we're all kind of a team yes you know and you know whether you're it's not public, a, it's, gra- public ground or private ground you know yeah. work to, with your adjoining landowners and yeah and to add on to that point right there it's not us against them it's us against education right right because it's like i have no problem sitting down because like because like running bucks of america podcast page i've gotten some very unreasonable comments and death threats so that, and so when people talk because like I, I'll post pictures about even though we're, we're supposed to be about bucks I like to post all aspects of the outdoors and so I'll post pictures about bears and coyote hunting and stuff like that and I'll get people I'll get pushback on it but then it's like I find people that write better articles than I can I'll grab it I'll give them credit for it of course and I'll tell them like this is why we do this and a lot of the hunters that go after bears like they utilize the entire animal because uh, it, they may only get drawn once every twenty years or every ten years, and it's like if you're, and it's like right now, if I'm thirty six, I start putting in, I maybe get one hunt out of my entire life. Yeah, you guys are nineteen and twenty, so you guys could possibly get maybe get three hunts out of it. Maybe we were just talking about this actually a couple weekends ago because <clears throat> I uh, I've been applying since I was eleven, so I have eight or nine points, and I'm Jesus. just I'm just now starting to kind of plan my hunt for. Hopefully 2022 or 2023. Yeah. You know, like we were talking about it. It's it's so important to do it the right way. 
Because, I mean, you only get so many bear hunts, especially in Wisconsin if you're trying to go up north. You know, Even though, oddly enough, black this this state is a black bear capital. Right. Oh, they're sure. everywhere. Like they're, they're literally everywhere. Like, I was going down to Oklahoma. I was speaking of stand down. Last year, uh, uh, October, driving down Friday morning, we come across state trooper has lights on. It's like, oh, somebody got in trouble. No, it was a black bear on its back. All four paws. Somebody, somebody hit it. This is in Sparta. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is before we got, like, this is the first exit to Sparta here. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And while a couple years ago, my wife and a friend of ours, we were walking in Myrick Park. My wife spotted something that was upside down and it was white. And it was a, you could definitely tell it was bone. I walked over and pulled it up. It was a two and a half year old baby, uh, a two and a half year old a cub. How did that get into Myrick Park in lacrosse? Yeah. We have that's, them in rapids, even. That's like my, my grandparents in Wisconsin Rapids. I mean, they live right in the middle of town. And two years ago, they actually had to put a bear trap out, a live bear trap where the DNR puts it out, and then they'll release it in the, out in the country, I should mm-hmm. say. Yeah. And that bear, there was like two of them, and they were just roaming around the neighborhood for a couple of weeks. It's like, how do they even, I mean, get there? I mean, it's nowhere near, you know, a chunk of woods. So it's, I mean, it's, I mean, they're all over. You know, Wisconsin, especially mm-hmm. as you get north. And the thing about bears, like, if, if, you, if you pay attention to, like, a meteor raining your bird, there's really not a whole lot of, um, vi- like, besides trichinosis, there's not a whole lot of viruses that would steer a bear towards a, towards a town except for the smell of food and the possibility of food or it's, or it's encountered some type of a human presence. And, right. and so, like, with, with moose, there's been a few moose that have been shot and killed in southern Minnesota, southern Iowa, and all the way down in Nebraska because they get mites or something inside the brain that sends them some from far up north all the way down. And if, you, and if anybody's experienced um, I-35 to the Minnesota border or to the Missouri River, there's not a whole lot of major highways and the population kind of drops because right. A, there's not a lot. There's It's open land for farming. And so a lot, there's a lot of big farms that have thousands of acres. And then on top of that, there's not really major any major metropolitan areas. So it's like give people overseas that are, that are listening to the podcast when you're coming down between I-35, which which connects you to Minneapolis, Mason City, and all the way down to Des Moines. Now, you, if you go west of that to the Missouri, you have Worthington, Sioux City, and that's it. Those are pretty much the two major right. hubs around that area. And you also got Lake Okoboji too, but that's you're looking at it um, in the wintertime. You're maybe looking at maybe 5,000 people live, that live there. Then you come in the summertime, you're probably looking upwards of like 40,000. It all depends on who's all camping. Right. And then you got all that area going all the way down down to those those parts, and you got this big 2,000-pound animal walking all the way down there. It's like it's, 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 it's amazing it, it managed to travel that many miles. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it is it is it is interesting because like I was talking to her, my wife's grandpa. This guy has been hunting in um, s- central eastern Illinois for well, he's in his I think he's in his mid seventies, I believe, for a lot of years. And he says because of the impact of the wolves and the bears, or because of the impact of the wolves in northern. Wisconsin, it's pushed the bears, which now pushed the bobcats, the lynx, and the mountain lions down to his areas, and they're starting to see wolves in his area. I mean, we see a lot of bobcats on our land just south of La Crosse that that we have permission to hunt. I mean, a lot of bobcats and a A lot lot of coyotes. coyotes. I mean, coyotes, we were just checking cameras today, and I mean, it's nothing for us to have a picture of a coyote on all, what are we running, like 15 cameras? Mm. I mean, it's not uncommon to have a coyote 
every day on daylight daylight like eight really eight or nine of our 15 cameras with a coyote on the day in the daylight like are we talking early morning or are we talking noon no like, like one like, two o'clock in the afternoon what the french doors really yeah, i mean yeah. it's i mean it's all over i mean you'll get one at you know eight o'clock nine o'clock and then all of a sudden you'll get one at 10 and then you'll get one at one and then two I mean, and then midnight and we uh, actually we had a picture uh late season back in january i had a picture of four does running across the field and two coyotes chasing them right behind. It was yeah, two does and two fawns. See, the reason I think this this may be a stretch, but I think these coyotes know human scent, and that's why they're coming in front of these cameras because there's there, there's a possibility of them getting a free meal right. somehow, sometime. That's what because it's like that's what happened to me in my last hunting property. It's like I counted well over a half dozen coyotes. And but they'd only show up between four a.m. and like seven thirty, maybe eight. Like there was one day that uh, my wife and I were hunting. It was actually like the weekend or two. Briar does shooting that this buck over here, and uh, forty yards, I called the coyote in. Wow. Yeah. So I so it's like I, I handed her the the sight because I the the uh, range finder, and I tell her it's like you range him, and you let me know where he's at. But he saw us because it's like I know I can because I got ranged him first at forty yards when I first spotted him. So it's like here, you let me know where he's at, and we'll just plan it out. And I'll, I'll draw back, and I was, and but it's like he saw me, and then he started moving away. I called yeah. him in just through through grunt calls, like what the French doors is going on with this guy. Yeah. So at that point in time, now my wife make sure that we both carry a sidearm with me because it's like granted coyotes are not known to really go after humans but if you get if you get more than one they get confident they get that pack mentality right you don't know what's going to happen because we've seen i've 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 had friends living in stewartville around here that have had dogs that are freaking retarded they're they were in a darwin award that we get called they would they would go on protect but they'd call them out past that they'd lure them into a trap yeah, I mean, there's there's so many, I mean, so many in this area. It's it's unreal. Just within the last couple of years, I mean, it's you know, I was hunting just north of here, and you know, we would have we would have quite a few, but it's it wasn't like it is now where it's I mean, like all throughout the day. I mean, every day. I I really don't remember the last time that we went a day without having a coyote on camera. Mm-hmm. So I'm just waiting for the time that we see one on the stand because. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, 100 percent, man. It's like you're having this. I got, a, I got a Cody, I got a Cody call. I got three, I got six. I got bows. Let's, let's like, let's go out and have some fun. Yeah. Because like, I got an Icotech uh, 320 with it has a little decoy on top of it. So I put, yeah. put a little of uh, some type of a scent gland on to give it attention and set it out 300 yards out and let it let them come on in. We'll sit out there with our 30 out six, two two three, three oh eight, whatever. What do we feel like shooting? Let's get after it. Right. You Cause, bet. Because it's the what's the best way to get after it, man. Because like there's no because because that will, it may or may not affect your hunts, but it's like it'll, it will definitely play a presence. Because it's like if I have a trail cam, like if I'm going to go out hunt and I and I look and I see um, coyotes on the trail cam where the deer were, I am not going to see a goddamn thing all day long. Right. I just I just know it's like I'm packing out. I'll I may return for a, an afternoon set because it's like at that point in time, coyotes are not going to be very active, and they maybe go back to their their normal getting after some food, but. Otherwise, I don't. I don't waste a waste. I don't waste a morning. I'll go back. I'll go out like like one o'clock. I'll go back at one o'clock, right. and so this way, then I have a chance to let the scent die down, pull down some. Oh, uh, what is that? Uh, that red can, nose jammer. jammer. Yeah, there jammer. we go, nose jammer, and go from there. And part of me wonders too how much you know how much the deer are getting used to the coyotes. I know. Uh, 
I mean, it's not a coyote, but last year I had a bobcat at like 15 yards, and wow. I, had a, I had a doe. I had a doe with two fawns like 15 yards from the bobcat, and the doe chased the bobcat off. She just started blowing and stomping, and she chased them right off. I mean, obviously got defensive of her fawns and whatnot, but it's. I just wonder if maybe deer starting to become more acclimated yeah because i mean there's so many more of them now that's a valid point because because of the wolf population because we don't have a hot we don't have a wolf pop uh a wolf season right now which we it's it's, it's we're getting to the point we need to but it's like getting back to the sportsman alliance and dealing with the anti-hunters now um when you saw this bab- bobcat how big was it i mean it was i would say the size of a Maybe a smaller, a medium-sized dog, about forty pounds, maybe. Yeah. So, so that's so that's nothing that's going to threat a, uh, a a deer. Now I've come across mountain lions and those things. It's like I've only seen one mountain lion. And that was back in twenty fourteen, and I was I was hunting in Minnesota, southeastern uh, Minnesota. And I was coming down a dead uh, a, a logging road, and I come around the bend, and all I saw was a tail. Uh, I knew it was a lion because it's like because we we knew we know of right. one out there, and they they live. 15, 20 years as long as they have continual food. And uh, we've never gone at, like, as far as I'm aware, because I no longer hunt with the group because there's a know it all. You've ever experienced know it all? Like, like I know they, they know everything about hunting. Like, fuck those guys. If you're one of those guys <laughs> listen to this podcast, you can go fuck yourself. The young, I'll give you the hard T for that one. But, uh, he, it's like it's like I saw I saw that cat. I never drew. I like I drew my four, my my twelve grave so fast. Like I, I'll never forget it because like I saw it because like a mountain lion is something you don't want to fuck with because no. like you either a you kill them or they kill you. There's no in between. There's no right? winning. Somebody's gonna lose. Yeah, because some yeah exactly. But then it's like then it's like I started walking around because I would go out there by myself during gun season because like not everybody could do the same thing. So it's like I'd walk on out there and it's like I see his tracks all over the place. But the hunter never had an issue with him because he never went at the, the the bobcat. I'm not sure if it was a tom or a female cat. So we we, we never we never determined that is because the the cat never went after his cattle. So the, so the. Uh, Landowner never had an issue with the cat because it's like then it was 2015 2016 we came across three kill sites all within 30 yards it was a doe a buck and a coyote Wow. But, yeah, so it's like, but we, but it's, a, but then again, you, you, you don't see a mountain lion unless you have dogs. They're a very, very difficult animal to find. Right. Yep. And so with that kind of in, in perspective, it's like he was like, well. He, they're the, he's aware of us, so it's like they're, we never see him or her, and we never see him on any of our trail camps. So it was like this cat knows the lay of the land, and like, it, um, I'll sh- I'll, after the podcast, I'll show you out the lay of the land of where it's all at because it's it sets in a ravine and it has two natural springs, it has trout on it too. Oh, so it's oh, like oh. it's it's a perfect location for an apex predator. Because it has all the aspects of water, fresh water on top of that. Because it has two natural springs on the property. I love to buy this guy's land. I love to buy it. But he's got twelve hundred acres, and it's like that could be a that, low price. That there. that's 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 a two million dollar price tag right there. So it's like if, if the funny thing is like I was told my wife like we ever won the the the, uh, the lottery, I would buy his land, allow him and his mom to live on the land, continue working it. All you have to do is pay property tax. That's all I want. You pay the property, you continue doing whatever you want. I'm not going to uproot your family, but the only the only stipulation is I only have hunting rights on it. That's it. That's it. Because it's all in spite of that know-it-all. Because mm. um, <laughs> it's like, cause we all come across these know-it-alls. And it's like, and they, you, whether you work with them at work or you work with them or you deal with them in a hunting group or something like that or you get invited with them. And it's like, mm. oh, man. The nice thing is he's, he's 
30 years older than I am, so he smokes heavily, so I'm just waiting for him to have a heart attack. Because once he... <laughs> or lung yeah, cancer. This is, this is how much I... I'm, I'm, I don't like this character in psych. And the nice thing is I've, I maintain a good relationship with A, his the landowner's mom, and him. That's good. Because what I would do, because I'm the only one to do this, I would go... Because before I got, before I decided to stop going... He kicked me out of the group. Doesn't mean I didn't have pro- permission to go hunt. I just decided, I, you know, I'm not going to monkey with you. I'm just like, I'm just done. I'm going to wash my hands with you with the situation here. But it's like, I would go out and I'd trim up his land. And I, I'd clean up his uh, his uh, property and stuff like that. Get rid Because, like I said, it's a trout stream. He hates it because the DNR would just all of a sudden show up one day and just walking out there. He hated it. Now it's like I was talking to... Who was it I was talking to? Was it Tyson? Or somebody else that they, they, what they would do is they'd just fly... They'd just turn on a drone. They'd just fly it down the rivers. That's all I do now. Really? Yeah. They just turn on a fly... So it's like you'll, you'll be out there fishing. They'll catch you on camera. And they'll be standing there waiting for you. It's like you and so like if you're out there fly fishing or whatever you're doing, that's all I do is now. They just send drones. Wow. Send drones out there. I don't know what areas they have these drones in. I assume everything because they don't really have much of a budget because they can do whatever they want. In, in a sense, you know, like especially right now with the how flush the Pippin Robertson Act is because of all the uh, uptick in am- ammunition sales and firearm sales. Like 2021 is going to be a very good year for the outdoor industry because they're going to be able to dump a lot of money into parks, right. into docks. In the campgrounds, all this fun stuff. Right, and you're seeing a lot more licenses being sold too this year. I know oh. they've been talking about. I mean, just especially this spring, you know, with fishing and turkey hunting and whatnot. Uh, you know, just get more people out, you know, outside because of the seaward. Yeah, maybe because of dirty, dirty seaward. That's <laughs> sea. Uh, is there anything you guys want to provide the audience? Any advice? Any tactics or anything that that you've that you could throw out to the audience i would just say uh you know back to hha usa we have our last shoot coming up i believe august august 22nd 23rd yep. believe yep. me i'm gonna be there and custer it's yep. gonna be just just big. east of stevens point so yes. we're gonna have our largest silent auction of the year yes i'm um, looking forward to that it's gonna yeah. be fantastic so we're hoping for our biggest turnout of the year and really appreciate any support that uh our listeners out there could give us so mm-hmm. thank you and like you had said earlier surround yourself with good people especially right now like Everybody needs a little good in your lives. So cut out the toxicness and go enjoy life. 100% there, folks. And it doesn't matter what income level you are, what education level you are. If you have toxic people in your life, get rid of them, especially if they're sheeple, especially if they believe what they're seeing on the news because brainwashing is real. All right, folks. Thank you again for tuning into another episode of Bucks America. Uh, this is your host, Jeff Vance. And today I had Jake and Kaden on today. Enjoy the podcast.